Welcome to The Bill Walton Show, featuring conversations with leaders, entrepreneurs, artists and thinkers. Fresh perspectives on money, culture, politics and human flourishing. Interesting people, interesting things. Welcome to The Bill Walton Show. I'm Bill Walton. Well, today we're doing something a little different. We're taping our show from our place out in Rappahannock County, Virginia. And I'm here with my friend, great friend, Matt Schlapp, who's chairman of the Conservative Action Project. And we're going to have, I believe, a more philosophical discussion today about why we're spending our time doing the things we do to, to help the country. Uh, you know, we talk about what we do, but I also want to we're also going to talk today about why we're doing what we're doing. And Matt's got a very interesting personal story and, and want to bring that, uh, bring that to light. So Matt, welcome. Great to be with you, Bill, in this house that's a little bit of a home for us, too. Well, yeah, Matt's got a place here in, in uh, well, actually, just on the border of Rappahannock County. You're in Madison. And uh, we've got all the doors open here, so we may see a bumblebee fly through here and maybe a dog or two. Um, I'm not sure whether the black bears are out today, but we'll, we'll, we'll deal with it. We can, we'll deal with if we can cope with the left, that's we right. can cope with black bears. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> so Matt, why are you, why, you know, you've, you've dedicated your life to politics and, and now political action and, and really changing the country with the CPAC. What, uh, what is it? Why are you doing that? Well, you know, it, it, it's funny you say that because I never really took a vow. I didn't wake up one day and say, I'm going to commit my life to live a certain you know, vocation or whatever, I just kind of uh, went about, like Americans do, uh, taking the next step. You know, I went to school, and then I got a job, and then I figured out what I was good at and what I wasn't good at, and then I got married a little later than some people get married, and I started having kids. So, like, my life hasn't been, like, uh, all planned out. Married to the famous Mercedes. That's right, the the more famous, and I'm more infamous. And and so, the uh, the, for me, it's been more of... um, experiencing life and figure, figuring things out and, and a little bit of reaction in all candor. I mean, I would have like a lot of people that are conservative in mindset. Uh, I really thought that I would have my political views, but be involved in business ventures and, you know, kind of marrying those two things. Cause I just think that's how we're oriented. And, you know, business ventures have become political, so you can't avoid politics. everything is. Well, you know, my background, I came at this all from uh, only more recently in the best 10, last 10, 12 years. And, you know, I was running a public company, New York Stock Exchange, pretty big, pretty big company, and I was not political. But then I began looking at what was happening with the regulatory state and all the, all the cultural changes, which were changing the people who worked for the company and the kind of people we could recruit. I began really growing concerned that the culture and the regulatory state was, was radically ruining the America that you and I really love. And... You know, my, my, my approach is sort of more utilitarian in that I think that our ideas, whether you call them conservative or Republican or traditional or whatever, um, in the first place, as a business guy, they work. That's right. They're practical. They work. They're practical. Mm-hmm. Our economics work. They've created tremendous wealth in the last 250 years, and our ideas are also moral. Mm-hmm. And that they, you know, we have a real sense of, of what's good and, and true. And the other thing is, I think what we're doing and what you're trying to bring about is that makes people happy. People yeah. flourish, you know, and that's really 
to me kind of why I think what we're doing. Can I what say we're doing. one thing on there that just yeah, amplifies? Yeah. The uh, first of all, you say you weren't very political, but did you vote Republican? Um, I voted for Reagan. Mm-hmm. I loved Reagan, and I went to see Reagan in 1980 when he was running, and I didn't have any real strong point of view, which tells you a lot. And he was just mesmerizing. Yeah, it he was, was incredible, and he he epitomized something I thought. Um, I wanted to be what what I thought America was about. Right. So yeah, I voted. You know, I, although I back in 1972, I did vote for George McGovern. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got one on you. You do. The, uh, the uh, let me ask. Let me let me. You went through a lot of interesting explaining about what our shared values are. Um, you use the word moral. Right. There was a time when that's the only word you would need to use. Why? Because what was moral was considered practical. And what was moral was considered uh, enabling of human joy. Yes. And because the term moral, I think through uh, per, on purpose, has been so ransacked by all negatives that we have to add all these other words to it. But if you really break it all down... What God wants for us, if you believe that God created the order of the universe, what God wants for us, He wants us happy. He does not want us miserable. And the reason why there's a morality to life, which sounds like me telling you what to do, but what it really means is you finding out the truths of life that will bring you human yeah, exactly. joy and human flourishing. And, yeah. and that, those concepts are so beaten down and, and, and graffitied by our modern culture. Well, that's, you know, Sarah, my wife Sarah says the Ten Commandments are not there to sort of tell you what to do. No. They're there because they're good for you. If you do those things, you live a good life. And look at the Bible. When, yeah. when, when Moses went away to Sinai and came back with the Ten Commandments, look what they did while Moses was gone. The Bible explains this to us. They were pursuing, you know, their, their lusts, but it was a chaotic, disastrous mess where women were being raped and people's uh, goods were being stolen by other people there was chaos and the whole reason what what the what what uh what god i think is trying to teach us is is that if you just pursue the things that you think will make you happy and it's not ordered uh you will have misery and then the ten commandments come down and the jewish people have to go through this whole period of time to rediscover god's truth well you just wrote a terrific book came out what about six months ago called the desecrators and i highly recommend you all pick up a copy of the desecrators because Matt really lays out for us kind of what these principles are all about, what, what the biblical understanding is, this Christian understanding. Um, you know, I, and, and we talk about the contrast, you know, we, what works, what's moral, what makes people happy. My view is that the ideas of the left, they don't work. There's never been a socialist system on the planet that's ever delivered the goods. Um, they're immoral. We can talk about what that means. And they make people unhappy. They do. And, yeah. you know, there's this whole thing now called diversity, equity, and inclusion. And if you break it down, DEI, you take a look at just equity. I think equity is, is a code word for envy. It is. And yeah. they're just sort of like this whole thing about we, you've got your stuff and we want our stuff in the, in the, in the name of what so-called equity. And I think it's a, that's, a, that's a cancer that's really uh, ripping us apart. What I worry about, what they really mean by equity, is it's equal. Everyone gets the same amount. Yeah. So it's redistributive, obviously. And Which gets back to the social. That doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah. And, the, and what, I'm, what I'm distressed at is I read these titles that people have, 
and equity is that new word like yeah you know the equity officer the vice president of equity dot 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 and um you know uh this has never worked anywhere it doesn't work when you raise children i have five children you have children it doesn't work if you try to make it the same for all of them because you can't even as a parent you well, can't have equal love you can't have equal experiences for your kids your kids are all different well and people have tried to make this racist so you know if you're not for direct diversity equity and inclusion but you know you would know the polls better than i do but isn't the hispanic latino community absolutely with us on this that they don't really want to be part of that DEI I think what's interesting yes I would say yes and I would just so say So it's not a racial issue it's no. a, it's a cultural what do you believe We used to hit socialism on this idea that um you know Obamacare was bad because it was socialist it was social medicine and where we lost Hispanics and I think new Americans you know people on maybe some the beginning rungs of life is is that they actually needed healthcare and they had healthcare insecurity Mm -hmm. And so uh, that was a tougher argument for us with some communities over time this whole idea of uh, embracing you know equity socialism parents are domestic terrorists the family is a decrepit you know ancient concept you want the government to do more things churches teach intolerance churches should be attacked it's okay when when they're burned down and and they are attacked which we're seeing uh, at an alarming rate with christian churches after roe v wade and what 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 the hispanic community i think has woken up to is it's like this is what i heard in the home country this is why i left yeah. it didn't work right they destroyed the church they destroyed families the government said they would do everything we, yes we got a few staples in life but beyond that it was a complete it was a complete failure so they're seeing america embrace that and i think they're really worried and i i believe we're talking about universal principles that are true all over the earth and you know you your CPAC is famous for its annual conference you've taken over CPAC what eight years ago I don't use the term taken over well I'm on your board I'm on your executive committee <laughs> I was elected and look let me explain <laughs> you're making to you, me sound Matt. like a fascist I'm on the I'm on the executive committee on the board you work for us that's right okay yeah, fair enough yeah fair enough <laughs> just remember that okay yeah, I, do. I do especially over the last few days I've last few days that. yeah by the way reason we're out here is we had a board meeting out here when uh we're we're thinking big thoughts and what we want to do in the future. And we are. Matt and we have big challenges. <laughs> we have big challenges. But we've talked about it. You know, we started it as an America in, institution conservative political action uh, uh conference. And that's more. We now have a couple here in America. We've got one coming up in Dallas, but we've you've had we've had conferences in 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 Japan. That's right. Brazil. That's right. Israel. We're Israel next coming week. up. Yep. Hungary. Yep. So what what's the response when you take when it's when it's uh when it, we're seeding those ideas there? So I'm I'll answer that question but you know our our traditional name was the American Conservative Union. Right. And what's funny over time is different words were popular at different times. You put your finger on this idea of the three words there's one that's the most important. And your view is it's America. Right. The American why? ideal. Why is the conservative not as important as the America? And then I'll answer the question on why the internationals are so important. My answer is that America is the is an idea, and you know we're the only country with a founding document, and the founding document was based on what I think are first principles about human nature and what works and the realities of power and how you get good governments and you promote maximum freedom 
and, uh, and wealth, and wealth that benefits everyone. And so the idea of America is what I think of when we think of as America first. It's not hegemony. It's not telling people what to do. It's bringing our principles to the rest of the world to say, look, this really works. And so that's, that's, that's the way I think of America, um, not just as a place, but as an idea. Oh, and for everybody watching, you might notice that Matt and I have grown closer. That's true. <laughs> Physically, it's, and it's because we're, 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 uh, we're, we're agreeing so much on these things. But what really happened, for those that haven't watched this from the, this, this location, is that the shun, sun shifted here in the lodge, and so we had to move uh, Matt out of the sunlight. Well, if you can see the view of uh, what they call Little Washington, but Washington, Virginia, and this amazing, yeah. this amazing scene out the window. We're battling Mother Nature, which is okay. <laughs> which is great. We love Mother Nature. That's the way, why we, we're out here. Mother Nature always wins. I don't know if people know that, but she really does. <laughs> she kind of wins out. We, we try to push back, but it doesn't yeah. happen. But let me answer let's, this let's question go. on yeah. America. Yeah. The, um, what's interesting about where we've gone internationally is uh, my experience has been going to Asia, going to now Europe, uh, going to Australia, going to these places, we're going to be going to the Middle East, is they're all for the America. And I didn't know that. I thought we were the ugly Americans. I thought we were the country that they kind of love to hate. They need our money, but they despise us. Because that's what we read in our media. Mm -hmm. We're despised. Our Donald self loathing media. Yeah. yeah, and then you go overseas at a CPAC conference, and I encourage people to come with us. They love America. Freedom-loving people love America. They understand our founding better than we do. When we protested with those students in Hong Kong, they flew our flag and they sang our songs in their broken English. The people of freedom love this country. They know what this country is. The problem is the people here don't know what this country is. Mm -hmm. They've been told to hate it. They've been told that it's bad, that it's wicked, that it hurts people overseas. The people overseas don't feel it, f feel that way. Matter of fact, they all say the same thing to me. When Trump was president, they'd say, go back to America and tell the president how much we stand with him. He was more iconic to them than any American president, probably since a Reagan or an FDR or something like that. Uh, so they're, they're rooting for us uh, to succeed. Mm -hmm. The other thing is, is that they think a strong America that understands its roots, it's good for them. Yes. So, you know, this piece that America is somehow taking away from the world, oh, we take too much of the of the Earth's resources. Oh, we take too much of the Earth's protein. You know, all this crap that we read and you said ourselves, loathing media. They figured this out a long time ago. They know the media is lying to them. And when we come to CPAC, it's probably the best diplomatic tool we've seen recently to rekindle this idea that America's not done. So are you, we were in Hong Kong when, when, when we, I didn't know, I, I missed right it. At the, right in the midst of the apex of the, of, the, uh, of the protests before the pandemic, and they were able to unfortunately really shut it down, kill people, you know, imprison people. But CPAC was invited probably mostly because Gordon Chang is on our board, the great Gordon Chang, who everyone sees on TV. Yeah. He is the leading kind of, I'd say, anti-Beijing uh, voice in America. And we were invited, we were the only, the, the, the only and first Western group to go. Those kids, those young leaders of the protest movement in Hong Kong, they didn't want to be seen as being run by somebody. Mm -hmm. And they wanted it to be authentically Hong Konger. So it was Hong Kongers that were doing it. And they didn't want, to, they didn't want the perception that somehow this was being pushed by America or something like that. And uh, so we were invited to go. And Bill, it was moving because, I mean, we're talking about kids as young as 12. Why? Why did they do it? 
They have an advantage to us on, on, the, on the Eclipse of Freedom. They knew how long they had. They had 50 years, right, when Margaret Thatcher signed uh, the agreement to pass over Hong Kong or something like that. And then the, the Chinese regime clawed it back. And yeah, what's, said, happen what's happening in Hong Kong We're going to take it back. We're not going to give you that long. So if you're 15 years old and you know you probably got 10 years left of freedom, you're going to be 25, you're going to be in a gulag, you're going to be told you can't own this or you have to do that, you probably take to the streets. problem in America is we're so fat, dumb, and happy, we think we always got this good situation. And there's not enough Americans that realize like the left is destroying this country at such a rapid rate. We could go down as fast as Hong Kong if we don't watch it. Yeah. Uh, this is the Bill Walton Show, and I'm here with Matt Schlapp, who's chairman of the Conservative Action Coalition. Conservative a Political <laughs> Action Coalition. It's funny, I, I got my organizations confused. I was, I was, I've been involved with the Conservative Action Project. Oh, well, that's we, a good are, one, too. We, we like are CPAC. We like that one, too. We like anyway. that one. But we recently changed our name, so yeah. that's why it's a little bit, uh, you know, we were always known as the American Conservative Union, right. and we, now we, we think it's better to call ourselves this Conservative Political Action Coalition, because that's really what it is, bringing people together with some diversity of viewpoints. Well, the coalition now is extended mm -hmm. to around the world, and so that's the, so what, what next for uh, CPAC? Yeah, I think what's next for CPAC is trying to figure out within this whole idea to save America. What needs to be done? And, uh, you know, we were talking this morning, we have one of our board members here with us, Bob Beaupre from Colorado, who was a former We state wanted to get Bob on the show. He's here on the set. He's but, too handsome. He would have made us look bad. Ken, Kenny told yeah. us we'd ruin all our camera. He is too good looking. He's he like got great. that rugged John Wayne thing. You know, yeah, he, he does, raised yeah. his bison out there in uh, Colorado. <laughs> I think he said he has 1,700 acres. I'm like, 1,700 acres? That's downright bragging. I mean, that's a lot of land. Not out there. <laughs> Not out there. <laughs> but the, uh, he's got a big hat and a lot of cattle. Yeah. But the, uh, but the, the, the thing we're trying to figure out as, a, as an organization is where do you go to save America? If it's not, we're going to get to the conservative thing again. I'm not dismissive of the term conservative. I'm a conservative. But you can't describe what type of American you are if the whole idea of, a, of being an American is being so attacked. So we got to first win this argument that no, no, America is a good place. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's where, that's the fight where we're going any place we can go. And Bob was bringing up this morning, there was a Gallup poll that just came out saying that 78% of the American people have lost confidence in the public education system. That's a terrible indictment on it, but it's good that people have woken up to how rancid it is. It's, a, it's rot. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we could consider doing, Bill, as a grassroots movement is ending the funding with a new Republican majority coming in in November. I'm not being cocky, but I'm going to tell you something. There's going to be a new Republican majority come November. I've never been so confident about politics. Uh, you know, I'm a little less confident about the Senate, but I'm pretty confident there's going to be a big majority in the House, and I'm pretty confident there will also be a majority in the Senate. Because the American people, this poll shows it, the American people are disgusted by woke and they're disgusted by the impractical policies of the Biden administration. What if the Republicans, when they get power, actually did things like, we talked about defunding Planned Parenthood, was a no, which is a noble cause. Why don't we defund the colleges and the universities in the system who are the incubators of the America hate, which is being pushed on our kids? Well, we've got K-12 problems. I mean, that historically has been issues with reading, writing, and arithmetic. That's right. But now they're teaching to hate America. That's right. Um, hate your parents, hate America, hate your gender. You know, you got Howard Zinn's history being taught in all the schools, and 
uh, and now critical race theory, which is we're supposed to be self-loathing Americans because of the sin of uh, original sin of racism, and of course we did happen to fight a civil war, which uh, which ended it, or ended uh, slavery, uh, and and now. I'm I'm wondering about that poll. Who are the 28 percent that's thinking a good job? Yeah, that's right. I think, uh, and I think this is something that ought to unite people on both sides of the aisle. Because if you come back to everybody's issue, you always end up at education, always, and children, and the future. And if we're not teaching prop, we're not teaching skills. We're not teaching about America. We're not teaching that uh, we're a pretty good place. the country's in trouble. So I have a, I have a, a contrary view of that poll, um, which is it's this minority of the minority. So with all your business experience, this must be something that happens within business structures and boardrooms and stuff where it's like, it just takes a couple of very strategic board members to probably destroy a company or to make a company into something wonderful. A few voices can make the difference. And I think what we're seeing in America is the minority of the minority on the left. It's not even a majority of Democrats. They're well, winning these arguments. Am I wrong? No, you're right. The great Diana West, I had on the show a couple of years ago, I highly recommend the interviews still hold up very well. And she says that great revolutions happen basically with a handful of people. Two or three people mm-hmm. can change an organization. And we, and you've got as much, as much experience of this as I do. The big corporations, you know, you had the people working their way into the uh, HR departments with Woke and then the Community Affairs Department and then the, the foundations that support things. And next thing you know, you've got a handful of people. Those ideas have, have, have been a toxin in the entire uh, culture. They're funding. Think about how crazy this is. Yeah. They're funding the destruction of the future of their companies. They're funding the destruction of the civilization of the civilization society that has allowed that company to flourish. And they're funding the destruction of it because over the short-term horizon, they think they buy a little bit of peace mm. and they buy a little bit of love. And I just, we talk about the, the couple of voices that can make a difference. I'm just shocked there haven't been more voices within the corporate community if there is such a thing, I or do, CEOs I, that would say this is enough. I, I do think that's changing. Because I think I think the the woke world has overplayed its hand. They overplayed its hand with Disney, Florida. Um, I think they overplayed their hand. And you were we were involved with this with Major League Baseball and yep. uh, and Coca Cola and Delta Airlines when uh, the Georgia legislature passed a law that they didn't, right. they didn't think was right. I think I think Americans are waking up to that. I think I there's I think there's is going to be a pushback, and of course we're part of that pushback. Yeah. You know, our theme, uh, we have these themes for these conferences. Maybe themes don't matter. Maybe titles of books don't matter. Have we settled on a theme? We've been going back and forth. I'm I'm getting into that. But our theme in in Orlando (laughs) was Awake, Not Woke. Very intentional. Which is, uh, you know, CPAC is viewed as kind of a Republican thing and viewed as a conservative thing. And I think what we're trying to do as a leadership of the organization is say, look, no, it's an American thing. And you don't have to be a Republican or a conservative to say, yeah, I've woken up to the fact that woke is a terrible thing. I mean, there's a lot of Democrats who love cops and have married to cops or people who put on a uniform in the morning or their names on the front of their shirt. And what's wrong with that? That we should be celebrating that, not destroying that. So it was awake, not woke. And 
So we've been batting around the theme, and, and, and you might not like this theme, because Bill doesn't know the theme. I'm going to say it in real life, but uh, uh, I tend to be more get-to-the-point guy than some others in politics. And uh, so our theme is going to be Fire Pelosi, Save America. Why is that? Because uh, there is nothing that can be done in the pursuit to save America if Nancy Pelosi gets two more years. I'm going to tell you something. Two more years of this, and I don't think we recover. We've got to stop it all well, right Well, I now. love it. Let me, let me give you an immediate. You haven't run it by your board yet. I haven't. I just I but, bootleg but it. But this out. board member loves it. Or do you think the board will be watching the show because I could I be hope in some so. big trouble? I, they, they, <laughs> no, you won't be. Okay. But uh, here's why I love it. Number one, Pelosi is the most unpopular politician in America. Well, maybe not anymore. We've got others. Maybe and she's the center of power. And she's the center of power. Number two, and I think we saw this with Trump, we have to win elections. I mean, it's enough for us to say we got to do this, we got to do that. But when you get right back down to it, there is the political realities that these people get into office, they pass laws, they change things, they kick decisions over to the EPA if they don't want to do it themselves. But it's all the, the politics really matter. And you got to win elections. And we saw that, you know, I've been involved in this actively since maybe 2010. And the most consequential thing I saw was when Donald Trump got elected president. Mm -hmm. And we, people had no idea what he was going to actually do. They knew what he promised. And then he proceeded to tick off all the things on the agenda that most of the people like us wanted to have happen. And he did it. He That's got right. it done. He was consequential. We need to have that kind of consequential election in, uh, in two, but, in, but coming up have, in November. People have fast forwarded too quickly. And the we got to win November. That's right. The media so is I love all it. 202. My third, you got my third point. Yeah. My third point, it's right now. It's, it's something right now. we can do in the next four months. That's right. And, and I, t I tell everybody, once again, you don't have to be a Republican to agree we got to fire Pelosi. You don't have to be a Republican to say this woke stuff has to stop. You don't have to be a Republican to say we don't need to alter the Second Amendment. We don't need to attack churches. We don't need to say that religious faith is wrong. We don't need to say that we don't trust states to set abortion regulations. We, we don't need, we don't all have to have the same membership card to come together in a coalition mm -hmm. to make this stuff stop. And that's why Hispanics are just flocking to these Republican candidates. I don't think they're all registered Republicans. Some of these Hispanic candidates are newly minted Republicans. They all agree on one thing, which is, I think I trust moms and dads a lot more than I trust the Department of Education. You bet. I think I trust cops a lot more than I trust the Secretary of Defense, who's a, from what I can see, a first-class moron and an America hater or General Milley or these people. So like, why don't we get back to this idea that these Americans are good, are good uh, a, they're having a good effect on the country and on families and on society. Well, that gets back to our, the first theme. We're, we're in the human flourishing business. That's right. And when you focus on the family and a healthy family and, and parents involved in their kids, their kids' education and the schools, and you put the parents back into the schools to, to help shape that, that's a win for everybody. That's right. Yeah. I, 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 and, I, I, and that's what we're about. It's yeah. not, there's nothing nefarious. We just want people to be involved in, in, in the life of their children and, and all the other. Uh, so let me push you on this a little bit. So like, uh, you know, we look about the same age, but it's just not true. Uh, I'm, I'm a lot younger than you. And, really? Uh, yeah, it's true. It really is true. That is true. But the, um, I but, didn't get the gray hair at But at the, uh, you know, when you look at uh, your country yeah. and you look at uh, what's going to go on, hopefully for <sighs> generations to come, you're, uh, you're, you're a generous person, you give to groups, you're trying to figure out what you can do to 
solve the problems and save the country. Where, where's your head at on what do you invest in and is it worth it or, or, or should we just have a big riverboat cruise because it's all going down? And Well, let me tell you a story. I've been, my whole life, for whatever reason, I've been made treasurer of every organization and then sometimes president. Because you didn't steal and stuff I like that? I didn't steal. Yeah, yeah I was, I, but like in fourth grade, I was made treasurer. So. But anyway, in high school, we had a club that, was, that we disbanded and we did spend the treasury the night before graduation <laughs> on uh, <laughs> I might not want to know. <laughs> on a party. Okay. That's not what we should do here. Yeah. We've got to take our treasure, our limited treasure, and invest in the future. And uh, you know, where I'm putting my money, and as this is going to be an ad for CPAC, is I think we do need to be involved in, in winning elections, mm -hmm. and winning elections with the right people. And, uh, with all the people I love and all the think tanks and the good works they've done and the ideas that they've articulated, I think we already have all the good ideas. We already know what to, what to do. All the, all the best ideas, we know what they are. That's right. We've got the playbook. You, and Trump you, reminded us. Trump reminded us. And so I've, I think we've got to dedicate our resources to winning elections. Yeah. And having fair elections. And I'm still worried about November, about whether we're going to, have that. God help us if we have some sort of repeat of the distrust uh, of, uh, that was created in 2020. Well, a couple of points on that. The first thing, the reason why I'm more optimistic on House wins is because it's less reliant on the uh, criminal behavior of big city mayors, right? Yeah. So like most of these districts where we win, they might be in suburban areas, but it's not like that inner city core, which is uh, almost run by completely uh, radicalized Democrats who are who have embraced socialism, Marxism, communism, you come up with your ism. And, uh, and by the way, if you'll attack cops, burn down your cities, what's a little voter fraud? This is, <laughs> in the scheme of things, this is the least bad of the things that they, that they talk about doing. You tell a kid that, uh, tell a little boy he's a little girl, now that's a serious moral thing. Oh, you stuff a few ballots well, in a ballot box, well, seems less harmful. Well, hasn't that become the new trope with this, there's always been a little corruption and then the question yeah, is... Yeah, come on. You know, how much corruption's okay? Yeah, I, I always like to tell CNN, it's like, uh, they say, uh, I say, well, do you think there's corruption in voters? And they always, like Jim Acosta and these people always say the same thing, of course. Chris Cuomo, yeah, of course. I was like, well, how much? Well, we don't know. I was like, well, then how do you know it's not enough? You can't know. Well, you can't, this cavalier attitude of, yeah, there's murders going on and rapes going on, but I guess we've always had murders and rapes. Well, does that discount the need to get the murderers and the rapists and put them in prison so it doesn't impact your wife or your daughter? I mean, this is yeah. an insane way of looking at voter fraud. Well, I, 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 this is a family show, but I have to repeat this joke from Winston Churchill. He was sitting at a dinner with some woman who we didn't like much, and he tried to put her on the spot. He said, would you sleep with me for 25 pounds British currency? How about 500 pounds? And then he said, I would never do that. She said, well, how about a million pounds? She paused. She paused and she says, well, now we've established what you are. Now we just need to find out, find the, out the price. Find out what the price is, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that's the world we're in right that's now. That's the world we're in It's right just now. a little bit of fraud uh, yeah. is not okay. You gotta that's be right. true or, or not. No, that's exactly right. And I, I look, my view on all of this is is that when you have Oprah Winfrey saying there's my truth, yeah, and, and the whole Me Too thing, which was in many ways a very good movement, but the part of it was bad was this idea that we all kind of 
we all live in a world in which we create what the truth is. And uh, what that allowed these very radicalized, mostly uh, godless people to do is say, anything's moral in the pursuit of stopping Trump. And so that justified doing anything you could. You lie about him in his business dealings. You lie about his family. You stuff ballot boxes. You do everything you can to ascribe negative motives to what he's going to do. And uh, it's all valid in the pursuit of Trump. And for all of my friends, and I'd say it's a lot of them, who are saying, gosh, I love Trump, love his policies. He's too toxic. Give me a younger version of Trump. I just warned them that this tactic of demonizing whoever is our standard bearer, it's been going on since Richard Nixon was the vice president to well, Dwight Eisenhower. And, and let's they say, have a good track record of destroying every national Republican. Well, then let's, then let's take DeSantis as the, as the ne new, next new guy. You're right. They'll deconstruct him oh. in a heartbeat. Get ready, Ron. I mean, Get uh, ready, you Ron. Know, they, uh, <laughs> you're so brave, and you've done such a great job as governor, and they've, you've been built up, and they will, do, they will lie about every aspect of you to stop you from getting more power. Let me put you in, let me turn the question you asked me around. You've been doing this your whole life. You know all the think tanks, you know the action, you know the Republican politics. If you believe like I do, where would you put your money? What would the, you know, obviously we want to put it with CPAC, or C, uh, you know, CPAC but where do you think our, our resources ought to go? Okay, well, I just want to add though that Matt and I have grown apart again. <laughs> I'm not putting this in. Okay. Yes, you are. Yes, I'm. Look, You're I'm paying you. All right, all right. It's, it's staying in because right. we had a little sun adjustment here. Anyway, it's fun. So this you asked not, me about what I would do with we're my. Not, we're not doing Fox here. We're doing kind of real America. You, you, you asked me what I'm doing with my money, and uh, I don't have much to do uh, things with it. But let me, as I'm raising these children and everything else. But seriously, I have an answer for you. Uh, CPAC needs more money, of course, but we all have to be, all of us who are running organizations, we have to be uh, thoughtful about how much money we really need. And what I've seen on the right, and I say the right because that's kind of what the rest of the world says. We say conservative in this America, We're, in this country. Yeah. That, doesn't, that, that word doesn't necessarily translate well all yeah. over. Um, but, the, uh, but what we've done in this country is, unfortunately, um, our philanthropy isn't necessarily going to where the battle is. It goes to where uh, we think uh, we need to build a fortress, right? And where I would put the money is where the battle is. Always look at where the battle, where's the gunshots? When you're out here in the country in the mountains of Virginia, you always hear gunshots. Sometimes black powder, someone, sometimes someone's trying to kill a turkey or trying to do their target shooting. But like, I'd want to go to the battle. And so CPAC can only use so many resources. We're only going to be able to metabolize so much. And every one of our institutions or organizations needs to think that way. Because if it's, it can't be about building more institutions because that was a failed strategy. We've got to focus on saving America. So when it comes to this election, firing Pelosi, save America, right? If you said it longer, you'd say, if we can fire Pelosi, we have a shot to save America, right? That's mm -hmm. basically what that means. What I would say to folks is, please don't listen to any of the committees about where to give your money. Because it's not their By fault. By committees, you mean the National Republican Committee, the senatorial, the and congressional. And the House Committee yeah, and the yeah. RGA. Because yeah. it's not their fault, but they're going to have kind of an insurance model. Yeah. They're going to say, look, if we, all, if we can raise millions of dollars for these five Senate races, we'll get just enough so that we'll have a majority by one. And it's not a terrible strategy, 
But you have to think about the environment in which that election is occurring. And in this environment, the only Republicans who will lose, if they are obnoxious personalities, or the district is just way too a blue to win. Mm -hmm. We're going to win 90% of the other races. So what I'd actually encourage you to do is be a dreamer. Be a dreamer. When the candidate calls you this time, or you're reading about a candidate this time, and it's a Democrat plus 12 district, and it's a very hard thing for a Republican usually to win that district, I'm just going to tell you, if they're a decent candidate, they're going to win this time. So give them your money. So we, CPAC, and I say we, are going to be focusing on those races to make a difference at the margin. That's what we're going to put our money. Millions and, of dollars. And we're going races. to identify those races so everybody who's taking this in can know where to focus. That's right. Yeah, so we're going down. So what I would just say this, like, you know, when you're picking stocks, I'll try to put it in your parlance of, yeah. where, of what you've done in your career. You know, uh, it's easy to pick all these big guys up here that everyone's picking that have, you know, a good uh, return rate. But, you know, sometimes you want to see, okay, what is no one seeing? What's the trend? The trend this cycle is that, once again, if you're an obnoxious personality that's grading and people just don't like you, eh, maybe you're not going to win in that overwhelmingly Democratic district. But boy, this young woman who was just nominated on the border in Texas, who's this young Hispanic mom who Nancy Pelosi swatted away at her daughter and her swearing in. Wasn't that something? Amazing. But these, these <laughs> are the candidates. Be a believer. And I'm not a wild-eyed optimist, but yeah. this year, be a believer. The, the $100,000 that goes to that Senate candidate in the state that everyone says isn't winnable could win it. So Don't if, just overly fund the same old candidates. So if Congress, if, if we get control of the, of the House, we control the purse. We do. And then the budget becomes the issue. And then our battleground going to the battle is to make sure we, we, we stand tough on the budget. Here's the problem. We control the purse. Yeah. But when we control the purse, the children are mad at the person holding the purse. So when, when, when Republicans show fiscal discipline, the lesson learned is we infuriate the country because we want to restrain spending. And so Republicans no longer really want to control the purse. We have the purse if we have the House majority, but we basically hand the purse back over to the Senate and to the White House to make the decisions. We say, well, we're only a part of the decision. We can't really control it, so we have to give in. And if we do that this time, I believe it will so dishearten this coalition that we've put together. Not all Republicans, not all conservatives. So you're describing historical behavior. We can't do that Can't now. do it again. We've we got to be tough this that time. Behavior. And, and you, I'll say this, you don't have to say it, but we need Kevin uh, McCarthy. To understand this. If he becomes a leader, he's got to understand this. Yeah, because Senate if, Republicans and senators don't believe in any spending fights. No. And, and, and that philosophy has destroyed the career of yeah. Paul Ryan and John Boehner, two speakers in a row. Yeah. I might have them in reverse order. But they've destroyed their careers because they had to go along with the kind of calm overspending not this wanting is not to the time the for calm can't do it no this is can't this do is, it we, you will so dishearten yeah. this coalition that's been put together yeah that actually is going to risk we got some, we got some work to do then we've got you yeah, we've got some work to do and so the other thing i would say on where you invest your money is think about the kind of candidate it is you know this is not the time to pick that kind of sturdy establishment careful republican this is the time for people that understand that our backs are against the wall. Mm -hmm. That understand America yeah. could be Hong Kong if we don't make the right steps. Yeah. Those are the candidates to invest in. They still got to be able to win the general election. We have a few primaries left. 
But that's what we need. We need people that are going to come to this town to change this town. Matt, we've got to wrap up. That all, that, wait a minute. We got, we got through 45 minutes? We did. Wow, yeah. that's shocking. I know. We've got a lot more to cover. Yeah. I didn't we'll get back. to ask we'll you enough questions. So no, we'll do. We'll, we'll, have have do we'll do this again. If we can just move around in the sun properly so yeah, Kenny, our right. director, is happy. Anyway, this has been the Bill Walton Show, and I've been here with the great Matt Schlapp, chairman of uh, the Conservative Political Action Coalition. Coalition. And we're doing great things. I'm on his board, and I think it would be helpful for all of you to tune in to what, what CPAC is doing. And, and as always with our show, you can find us on all the major podcast platforms, Rumble, uh, YouTube. YouTube, if, I don't think we said anything that YouTube's going to pull this week, but we'll, we'll see. Well, then we didn't do our job. We didn't do our job. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we were a little too bland. Anyway, so anyway, thanks for joining. And as always, send us your ideas about other shows you'd like to see, and we'll, uh, we'll definitely put it into the hopper so we can make this our, our collaboration in, uh, in saving America. Stay tuned for what's right, what's true, and what's next. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Want more? Click the subscribe button or head over to thebillwaltonshow.com to choose from over 100 episodes. You can also learn more about our guest on our Interesting People page. And send us your comments. We read everyone and your thoughts help us guide the show. If it's easier for you to listen, check out our podcast page and subscribe there. In return, we'll keep you informed about what's true, what's right, and what's next. Thanks for joining.